So first and foremost. I think the the addition of pant leggings is really when you start to see your heroes get watered down. Can't even muster the ability to play straight pants that one. Uh, which is a good argument for absolute rulers. Everybody is going to get behind me. They're going to love me, and my support numbers will go through. When you hang out with the hero, it doesn't go well for you. My grandfather yeah. took the cop and just slid it right through the bar. Okay. And that became the dominant way our family did it. Okay. And so, <laughs> in both of my marriages, they were treated to that. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, rage haiku. How do you imagine the rubber chicken My grandmother actually vacuumed in her pearls. Oh my god, it all makes sense. We've had the sexual revolution. It yeah. might have just been a Canadian standoff. We're gonna go back to 9 11. Dude, get over it. Mm-hmm. Nobody understands what the rights are supposed to be. Agra has no business being that <laughs> thick. When the cultists win, we all win. This is a Geek History of Time, where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history teacher uh, with one section of remedial reading right now, uh, doing my magic over the internet, uh, at least until the middle of April, and I have been given my marching orders to go back into the Valley of Death, I mean the classroom. Uh... (laughs) And uh, the good news about that is that today uh, my wife managed to get her first dose of the vaccine. So uh, at least when I do that, I will not have to worry about bringing anything home to kill her. How about you? I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher uh, currently up here in Northern California. Uh, Have kind of been given marching orders but we're still bandying that about so i assume that the abyss that i'm shouting into will suddenly turn into a billy club and hit us upside the head with two days warning because that seems to be how it goes uh i am feverishly looking for ways to not go back to the classroom this this year uh in terms of what's safest for me and my family and also what's feasible for a a father with school-aged children uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, there'll be a lot of yelling, and, and perhaps I will have to burn through my strike fund. So yeah, uh, so, yeah that's that's so that dates this as being the beginning of March uh, that that we are recording yes. this. So yes, March of 2021, the year of the plague. Uh, currently, we're at 535,000 uh, dead from COVID. Um, we uh, 11 days ago just hit 500,000. Um, to give some perspective on that, I did the math. It took us 78, 77 days to go from one death to 35,000. So we are seven times faster. Yep. Go us. Onward and upward, baby. Yes. Oh, there you go. See that hockey stick sore. And uh, mm-hmm. here's hoping my friends put me in their will. So. <laughs> All right. So, so that's on, bleak on that as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when when last we left off, let's let's talk about something desperately frivolous for a little while, shall we? Please. Okay. So when when we last left off, um, I was talking about the failings of the three point five Dungeons and Dragons system. Yes. Uh, in order to lead into where the edition wars, in my opinion, went from being a a kind of 
how how elite are you as a gamer how much of a grognard are you kind of thing into a genuine like almost religious conflict uh <laughs> because my my, my first question there would be given the year that it was that that happened yes. which is what year uh, we're talking about 2007-2008 was okay. the uh, development of 4th uh, edition, the, the announcement of 4th edition, uh, and uh, the birth of Pathfinder okay. as an alternative, and then the introduction of 4th edition in 2008. Okay, so 2007-2008. Do you think that the near-crusade pope-anti-pope effort uh over this do you think the avignon avignon the avignon hills yeah the avignon hills rules um <laughs> do you oh well done thank you i ain't even mad well done <laughs> do you think that happened as a product of the times in which it happened like had this happened 10 years earlier that you would have not seen such a fervent and frenetic, uh, I hate you and everything you stand for stance? Or do you think it was the age of the gamers themselves? Because at that point, gamers uh, who had grown up on all of it, maybe they tapped out at like, I'm sick of all these changes. I still want there to be, I don't want it to be a game. I want it to be a strategy. Or do you think that there is um, that much of a sea change in the game that it led to this. And and I, I recognize that I'm setting up a false trichotomy. Um, well, but you, I am you know curious. Well, you, you know what's funny? I, hmm. I, I usually wind up saying, well, you know, come see, come saw, little column A, little column B. Uh, in this case, I'm going to have to say little column A, little column B, a little bit more maybe of column C. I, I think I think you you have uh, very concisely managed to, to kind of hit the nail on the head. Hmm. Uh, with with basically, I think the three main issues that were involved. All right. Well, so do you uh, have anything on social media you want us? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shortest episode we've ever done. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No kidding. Damien skips uh, to the end. You broke it. You broke it. You broke it down. I mean, you know, broad strokes. You broke it down real well, right there. <laughs> um, but uh, that that doesn't that doesn't tell quite enough of the story of oh. just exactly how how horrible okay this guy well then please dig in um, get your fingers dirty so, get, so okay. get your elbows so, up to your elbows into that that oh, horse's oh, ass it, and yank it, it all out yeah oh yeah oh yeah. yeah um so first what what we've what we've got to talk about is is there there were a bunch of things that designers and players all acknowledged uh by 2007 they all acknowledged that the 3.5 had some had some issues mm-hmm it was a remarkably granular kind of gaming system. Mm -hmm. uh, you could break uh, circumstances and uh, conditions of characters and monsters down very, very, very minutely. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, having a, having an advantage in elevation gave you an advantage in combat. The Jedi uh, rule, you know, yeah, yeah, have, yes, yes, the Obi Wan Kenobi rule. <laughs> Um, you know, having, having, you know, you, you could have a party member flanking somebody and that gave you a particular kind of advantage and that opened up certain kinds of attacks of opportunity. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and, and there were just all these, this, this myriad number of things sure. that, that the game did a really good job of, of breaking down the guys that wrote it. Uh, clearly had been had been possessed by the spirit of Gygax when they figured out, okay, no man, we can break all this stuff down. We can we can you know we we can stat this out like madmen. Which is in and of itself interesting because I remember playing that game and I was in a in a game and the the guy running it, he's like, all right, we're gonna switch over to three O, but it's not it's not Dungeons and Dragons anymore. Like they're. Yeah, yeah, the switch from, yeah, the switch to third was, yeah, you know, this is a great system, but it's not Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like looking at it now, it's like, it's so, because it doesn't have Thacko, is that the only reason? Like, because (laughs) it's, it's as granular, but, well, it's not as granular, but it is, well, it is, but it's, it's like. It's, it's way, in in a lot of ways, it's way more granular. The thing is, second edition First and second edition, AD and D, both placed. Well, and, and third edition to an extent, but but it was even more notable mm-hmm. in first and second edition that the idea behind this game is you go out and you kill monsters and they, and you take their shit. Right. And and like I'm not saying that it's any kind of judgment against it. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. You know, thirteen through nineteen, and you know, uh, and actually beyond then. But you know. The 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 mechanics of the game broke down when you started having to do things like, well, okay, I want to I want to actually like have the characters have to figure out a puzzle, or I want to turn this into a game of, you know, and and other game systems capitalized on this by, right by introducing systems in their games for social combat where it was okay no look i'm i'm trying to you know i'm I'm competing with this npc to try to win this other npc over to my point of view right and here's a whole rule set about how to do that mm-hmm. in second edition ADD, that didn't exist as any kind of set of rules now right there's certainly something to be said for well you know role play it and and that's great but the thing is you get to a point where you have somebody who is playing a character who in their head, I want to be this person who is, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars, the silver tongued devil who's, you know, incredibly persuasive and, 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 you know, deathly charming. Right. But the player gets locked up when they, when they get called on the spot in front of the whole group to role play. Oh yeah. They're they're not they're You know, I remember, um, I remember having somebody at the table go, Okay, my character has epic charisma. I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, precisely. Which, which yeah. absolutely, like, kind of pigeonholes people into playing just martial classes. Yeah, well, yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah that that absolutely was much more, in, in many ways, 3.0 and 3.5 answered that need because it gave you a rule set for the guy who doesn't have epic charisma and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and it gave yeah. you it gave you a a set of no no these are the things you can learn how to do right like like just because you're a fighter doesn't mean you can't also be perceptive just because you're a fighter doesn't mean you can't also mm-hmm. uh, know how to play a musical instrument relatively well doesn't mean you you know and right. you could spend skill slots on doing stuff and that was really that was great yeah this, this was a huge big deal for me the, the second edition rules made proficiencies uh, uh, official. Mm-hmm. And proficiencies were introduced as part of the Wilderness and Dungeoneers Survival Guides in 1st mm-hmm. edition. 
uh, if I remember correctly, written by Doug Niles. And, um, and those were great rules, but it was still, okay, well, you know, uh, when we go out into the wilderness, I am proficient in, you know, repelling and rope use. So I have this skill. So when we need to do that, I'm going to be the one in the party who sets all that stuff up for everybody else. I'm going to make the roll. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's great, but that's only one skill. And, and you didn't gain proficiencies very often. Right. Um, and it was, it, it, it felt like a kludge and it was, well, you know, I'm proficient. And so since I am proficient, I make this role and it's a stat test. And for those of you who, who in our audience, the, the like four or five of you who've never played Dungeons and Dragons, a stat test or the more of you who never played first or second edition, a stat test was, uh, you needed to roll a D20 under the applicable stat. Right. Uh, so for example, um, rope use was a dexterity test. So you had to roll a d20 at or under your dexterity score. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you were the party thief, you were going to be the one everybody wanted doing the rope use stuff because exactly. you had the highest dex stat. And so, I mean, that created a mechanic, but it, 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 it didn't, it didn't, there was not a lot, there wasn't very much there there. Mm hmm. To, to kind of you know simplify the problem. Yeah, it was a it was a rule designed to adjudicate something quickly so that you could streamline your way through it, so you don't have to come up with arguments or house rule your way through how to tie knots in a piece of rope. Like you, yeah. five yeah. seconds, it takes care of it. Yeah, make yeah. a die roll. Here yeah. we go. We're moving on. Yeah, and and the thing is, that's great for things like okay, I want to create the situation where the characters have to you know overcome this wilderness challenge, and that's great. But it still doesn't give you rules for, you know, as I said, social combat. It doesn't give you rules for turning that into an encounter, or or you know making that puzzle an extended thing that requires multiple members of the party to be doing something with it. Right. You know, it's it's like, okay, the one guy who has the skill makes the skill roll, and we all go, yay, and then we go do what we got to do. Or they fail the skill roll, and we throw dice at them because you suck. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, I, have to, I have to say this now, but one of the most memorable moments uh, of my adolescent uh, gaming career was actually a game at a game store. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys in the group... Um, said something uh, that so offended another member of the group uh, that he did, in fact, actually throw dice at him. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, he, he flung from, from the far end of the, they were sitting on opposite ends of the table, long, mm-hmm. long skinny table, one of them near the head, one of them near the, near the foot of the table. And <laughs> the guy that was offended flung a D4 and, and didn't actually hit with enough force to cause, like, pain. Mm-hmm. But but he managed to get the guy like just just tweak him right on the point between his eyebrows. Nice. And startled him so badly that the guy actually fell over backwards in his chair. <laughs> so when I when I talk about throwing dice at somebody, I know what I'm talking about. I've seen it happen. Um, <laughs> but so I just yeah. Anyway, that memory came up. I had to share it. Sure. I knew you'd enjoy the story. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, so third edition mm-hmm. actually said, okay, look, um, we're going to, we're going to have skills, right? Mm-hmm. And when I first saw the three O player's handbook and I saw the way skills were going to work, I was like, it won me over instantly. 
Like yeah. everything else they did, I was kind of iffy on some of the interior art because mm-hmm. some of the design choices were kind of like, this looks an awful lot like Diablo, and I'm not really a big fan of Diablo. Like, I think you just I don't know, man. hit on something really good there because uh, 3.0 came out right around the time that broadband internet was just starting to creep into every neighborhood. People still had dial-up internet. I think I still did. Um, And if I didn't, I had just switched over to, you know, cable modem. Um, And so a lot of people gaming on the computer was a relatively new experience. And so you're absolutely right. Like that aesthetic shift um, and I don't think it was a bad one. It's just, it's an aesthetic shift. Um, but that aesthetic shift absolutely was a product of that time. Oh, very um, much. And yeah. I remember being uh, pleased um, and kind of like, oh, isn't that kind of cool? Um, at the amount of representation that was shown um, through that art. So, like, aesthetically, oh, yeah. I totally get if it's not a style that people liked. But the fact that they were including black and brown bodies... Um, oh, yeah. In amongst oh, yeah. the heroes with no explanation yeah. or no like, and this is a no, variant. Cool. It was just like, yeah. this This yeah. is Ember, no, you know? Yeah, there, there was no there was no qualification. There was no, right. none of those just, and here you go. Here's, yeah. here's our, here's our monk, you know. Uh, exactly. Paragon, as they said, the Paragon example, you know, here's our, here's our Paragon monk. Right. Is, you know, Ember. And like, oh, okay, cool. cool. And, and that was, that, that was a major thing mm-hmm. that as, as a, as a, and it as an editorial direction mm-hmm. that was very big Yes, because first edition and second edition had been really white and we're going to, and I can hear members of our audience going, well, you know, yeah, but what about, and we're going to get to that later because yeah, you're going to need to. We're gonna we're gonna come back around to some of that in a bit. Um. So, but the the so so right right out the gate, the skill system was something that caught my attention in a really big way, and I was really really happy with it. And you know everything else about it, I was like, okay, well, I don't I don't know how how thrilled I am about these other things, but the skill system is really great. And um. And then the thing is, between the time the books initially came out in 2000 and 2007 over the course of that seven year span um, skills started to show that the, the system had some real serious limitations mm-hmm. um, and the the problem with it was that um, at high levels they kind of fell apart and at high levels yeah. they, they turned they turned into, proficiencies with extra parts because mm-hmm. because what the way it worked was as a as, for example as a fighter you had these skills that were your class skills and you could you could expand those skills at a one for one rate spend skill points get a rank right all of these other things that aren't your class skills uh, you you can learn how to do, but you're only going to get a half rank in them every time you spend a skill point, so you're you're not going to be as good at them. Okay, well, all right, that kind of makes sense. But then the problem that you run into is, based on the number of skill points you actually got per level, by the time you got to 12th level, mm-hmm. 
the guidelines that the game gave uh, dungeon masters for the difficulty of a particular task mm-hmm. meant that the only person who's, who had a good chance of succeeding at that task was somebody who had the skill at that level as a class skill and had been spending points in it the entire time. Right. So at first level, so, so if you if you wanted to succeed at tasks that were at encounter level mm-hmm. consistently at higher levels, you basically had to pick two or three things that you were going to be good at doing. Yeah. Let's say you wanted to disable device because I remember that was a skill. So yeah. if you want to disable device, yes, as a fighter, you absolutely could pro- cross class. Cross class. Good lord, by that skill. Um, but you're buying it two to one. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah. there's no way you're going to be as good as the the rogue who bought it at one to one. Which you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. But if the difficulty, if the DC, the difficulty class of that of that puzzle or whatever, is set. At the level that the DMG says that it's supposed to be set at, then your fighter, who might be the only one who decided he was going to, you know, do that, and you guys don't have a rogue in the party, because that Mm -hmm. could happen, um, suddenly, like, y'all are stuck at the front of the dungeon. Unless the GM was like, oh, no, no, I need to look at what my players have, and I'm going to drop it down. Yeah, and, and the argument certainly could be yeah. made that a good dungeon master was going to be like, okay, well, f- you know, for my party, I'm, I'm going to find a way to, you know, wiggle on that and deal with that. Right. Yes, all of that's true, but it still means that, to me, that indicates there's, there's, a, there's a flaw in the way the mechanic works. Right. Like, to me, that's, that's a problem. And, and, that, and to a lot of players and mm-hmm. to a lot of, uh, a lot of Wizards' own game designers, they looked at that and went, "Yeah, this isn't. We got to, we got to figure out a way to fix this." Yes. So that was, so that was, that was number one. We got to, we got to figure out a way to fix skills so they're not just proficiencies with makeup. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, because of the granularity of it, when you got to higher levels, combat became an absolute slog. Like you could have a group of people who were competent with the rules set understood about okay look you get one move you get one attack you get one other action Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. under these circumstances you get attacks of opportunity and you can do this other thing you know you can the the way actions worked in three five if everybody knew how their actions worked and everybody you know knew kind of what they were supposed to do Mm -hmm. that sped things up an awful lot but combat still became a slog because you still had to keep track of actions. You still had to keep track of a whole raft of modifiers. And God help you mm-hmm. if you had multiple characters in the party who were casting buffs or debuffs. Right. You know, as Bless or Bardic Song or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, like in 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 the, the most recent 3-5 campaign I played in, um, our bard consistently for you know three years mm-hmm. continually had to keep reminding people remember plus plus two plus two right you know because because somebody would roll and be like oh i got you know and and have to look all over the character sheet to find all the modifiers 
and remember that, oh, right, in this circumstance, we've got these bonuses. And then on top of that, oh, yeah, the bard is, is doing his thing. So I get, you know, this. So, so keeping track of all those modifiers was a pain in the neck. And then on top of that, if you wanted to make your character special, you would wind up buying a whole bunch of feats. Right. And feat interactions, like somebody with a pharmacy degree <laughs> would would find it difficult to keep track of the interactions between different feats. I, I dare say, though, that the, the feat aspect of it is also a response to MMORPGs on some levels oh. because it's, oh, yeah. it's skill trees. It's a hundred percent skill oh. trees. Oh yeah. No, a hundred, a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. You're totally right. You know, is, is okay. When you, when you take this skill at, or this feat at fourth level that unlocks this, that, and the other thing. And yeah, no, that's, that's definitely it. And the thing is, if it's your character, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know what your one trick is. And I'm going to kind of get into this in, in a second. Um, but the problem is you and your DM mm-hmm. need to know how your feats are going to interact with the feats of any NPCs or any of the special abilities that of monsters that show up because it all stacks because everything unevenly. Stacks. Yeah. Because yeah. Everything stacks with everything else. And, um, it's going to turn into, well, hold on. Let me go check the splat book where I got this from. Right. And, you know, is, is how, how is this phrased so that we can interpret in what order we apply these rules? You mm-hmm. know? And, and, you know, I mean, we, we had so many occasions in, in the, the longest 3-5 campaign that I was in. We had so many occasions. On which it was only went. one. It was, it was only one adventure session, but it lost, lasted three years because of all <laughs> the rules. <laughs> because somebody wanted to grapple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it felt like it. Yeah, uh, not gonna lie, but um, I mean, I love the people I played with, but like a couple of I, there were a couple of times we got into combat, so I was just like, oh dear God Almighty. And and mm-hmm. I, I have to I have to talk about this in this context. Feet bloat. Uh, book bloat was was a huge thing. I, I talked about this a little bit. I think. Oh last, yeah. Last episode was like, you know, my, my, my very, very good, one of my best friends, uh, college roommate, uh, guy, you know, I, I think of as, as one of my brothers, uh, he, he came up with an amazing concept for a character. He had a half-orc barbarian and mm-hmm. he used a spiked chain. Okay. Okay. And with, without getting too tedious about it, his whole shtick was built around the idea that I have all the attacks and then I get attacks of opportunity on top of those mm-hmm. and trip and then attack you again. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was now, okay. So you, you give, try to get away from me. Give that guy an enlarging potion. <laughs> and you yeah. have the guy who was on our side when I couldn't open a goddamn door. Nice. At least he was yeah. on our side. Yeah, well, yeah. It yeah. could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the, you know, his, his whole, like, at... at third or fourth level he was absolutely a goddamn murder bot Mm -hmm. like it was it was it was absolutely ridiculous uh because it was okay this guy tries to get away from me trip him and because now he's prone i get a free attack whack okay well now he tries to get up again oh hey look i get another attack of opportunity right Whack! and every time he was he was hitting he was doing like uh d4 plus one plus his strength bonus yeah and 
he 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 had like you know so his strength bonus was the biggest portion of his damage but i mean it was it was ridiculous mm-hmm. um and so it was a one trick pony kind of situation but that pony was like bred with a Clydesdale on steroids <laughs> and and the the problem was in order to have all of his rules handy he had to have a half dozen supplement books on hand right. with with sticky notes on on multiple pages mm-hmm. all the time and we regularly wound up running into situations uh, where some where, where some circumstance meant he had to actually look up the precise wording because okay well in what order does this happen right you know um, and and there were just so many sticky notes and and this wasn't some quirk with him this became a known issue in the game and and then and then then this was just a pet peeve of mine as as the campaign went on. Um, you know, in first and second edition, if you didn't have a magic weapon, there were certain monsters you just couldn't affect, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of kinds of undead, some like demons. You needed to have a, a plus one or plus two kind of weapon. Now, like, some of that goes back to to yeah, second ed, like you said, though. Yeah. 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 But but here's the thing: in third mm-hmm. edition, they said, you know what? We don't want to create a situation where you can't do anything. Right. If you don't have so a plus it, one sword, you cannot hurt. A vampire at all? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get rid of that. Where it was like, okay, all right, I applaud mm-hmm. this decision. This makes sense. So instead, we're gonna give him damage resistance. We're gonna introduce damage resistance, which is okay. So this monster has dr mm-hmm. five. Yeah. So, so the like, first you know, five points you hit him with don't count. They they ignore. Yeah. But you never do you never do less than one hit point of damage. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, okay, that's great. Right up until you have a 15th level barbarian character whose whole shtick is built around a whole lot of little attacks with a weapon that only does a d4 plus one. Uh... And so he went from being a complete murder bot to being a mosquito. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. because Because of that one, because of that one issue. Um, and of course the, the DM wound up, you know, finding a way around that by, you know, buffing, buffing all of our equipment in a way that made that doable, but it sure. still, it wound up requiring work around it. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. I shouldn't have to you use know. the rules to get around the rules so that I can. Yeah. 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 And, and it, and it, uh, played into, um, what, what game designers even had a term for, which was the Christmas tree effect, mm-hmm. which was Okay. Uh, based on the rate at which most adventurers uh, get magic items, the stats of monsters have been built around that set of assumptions. Mm-hmm. So as a DM, the cruelest thing you can do to your characters is take away their shit. Oh, yeah. Because because the moment you take away their magic weapons, all of a sudden the bad guys get so much worse. See, this is why I liked being a monk. You take away my weapons. It's like, oh no, I have to use my fists to open that door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're still bitter. I know. Um, I, well, I've 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 sworn. Have I told you I've sworn off monks now? Really? Yeah. So I I told my daughter I was like I I designed a monk for the game that I'm currently playing. And I showed it to her, and she's like, "Oh, this is really cool." He was a drow monk. I had a really cool backstory, you know, and it was it was, yeah, yeah. It was really neat. 
And I mean, the, the town that they live in is near this underdark area. So the whole town's economy is based on like, essentially like extraction economy under a mountain. And he's part of the city guard. So he goes down there. He's got the, the, the kick-ass long dark vision and all this. And while he does have a uniform weapon with him, uh, he much prefers to, you know, like be very chill. Let's just get out of here. Let's just run. But if we need to, we will fight and I will, you know, I'll, I'll punch and then leave. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'm like, okay, I got this character. And the party is like, okay, cool. Uh, and then I'm looking, I'm like, wait, there's no frontline fighters here. Oh, no. And you and I were in a TPK where oh yeah and i'm just like fine fine i'm a barbarian i will be the fucking frontline fighter i will be a barbarian and i like my barbarian don't get me wrong um but i had you know and i poured it over a lot of the story and then i just added a few things here and there and tweaked them but but i was like i can never successfully play a monk in any game that i've ever played i'm done i'm done trying i give I clearly don't get to play a monk in this lifetime. Um, you know what? You know, fine. Okay, no, 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 yeah. no. Because here's the deal: mm. you, you, the one, the one occasion on which I have seen you play a monk who didn't get stuck just opening doors. Mm-hmm. It did end, of course, in the TPK you mentioned. Yes. Uh, so I've still not which, successfully which played a monk. Just, yeah, but but hold on. <laughs> let me let me get a little further here. <laughs> when 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 the plague has has been cleared from the land eventually mm-hmm. um, in the in the you know uh, uh, crater pocked hellscape that remains we'll we'll have to get together and I will have to t- find a way to try to run a game okay with you and friend of the game Tessa and friend of the show Tessa and yeah. and, and producer George. George yeah and we might have to get friend of the show uh, Bishop involved sure uh, if we can find a way to work around the the uh, time difference but anyway when we do that mm-hmm I, I really genuinely want you to play a monk because the the most I have seen you come out in a character I have seen you play <laughs> yeah was was then and and yeah I just yeah no yeah it would be nice we got to find yeah. a way to, to make okay. that happen for all right because clearly it's it's a it's a frustrated life goal of yours and and i want to you know as your friend i want to yeah. try to help you achieve that i i appreciate that so, <laughs> so but you know back to back to the problems with three five though uh-huh um you know so so you you had to keep track of all of these modifiers you had to keep track of all of these feats mm-hmm. and like Every time they put out a new supplement, it was like, well, we got to come up with some new feats to put in the book. Mm-hmm. Like the selling point is going to be like one of the selling points is, oh, hey, we got 24 new feats. And like after a while, if you started looking at them, you're like, OK, well, this feat is just this other feat with a different name and like a very slightly different set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like you could turn these into one feat. And right. You you could make this an update of the feat, yeah, and we'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, there was that, and um, you know, and it, it was all it, like there were environment books for playing seagoing adventures, for adventures mm-hmm. in the desert, adventures in the Arctic. 
they published whole supplements built around classes, and mm-hmm. obvious, obviously around settings, because that's a, that's always been a big part of, of what gets written. Oh yeah, and then and then around organizations within settings. Yep. I mean, okay, that's that's great. Publish, you know, put out all this information for these settings. Put out all this all this optional information for stuff for folks. That's great. But every one of these books included, like I just said, new feeds and new prestige class. That's true. And so, like, if you were running a game, you mm-hmm. would have to house rule that, like, okay, look, these are the books I'm allowing. Yeah, this is a game based yeah. on, like, here's the canon for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is it. This is what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you know, they're, they're – so back when it was first edition and, and to a certain extent into second edition, most of the stuff that got published by TSR on a monthly basis mm-hmm. – were modules yes we got we got a bunch we, we got we got a we got a writer who got together we, who, who came up with an idea for an adventure here is the adventure here are the maps here are the encounters here's the script here right. you go right and that was that was most of the publishing that they did they you know with Dragonlance, they got into they started getting into publishing books and novels and doing fiction and they got into you know other stuff but generally speaking what they were cranking out every month was modules mm-hmm in three five, it 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 felt to me like that changed to every other month we're putting out a new, very skinny hardcover book. And if we're not putting out another hardcover book, we're putting out two softcover ones. And I often wondered if and that it's was supplemental rules. Yeah. I wondered if that was um the Doritos effect. You know how, like, if you're going to sell Doritos, you have to sell all the brands of Doritos, which means they take up a shit ton of shelf space. And it's not even that they actually think that boiled egg flavored Doritos is going to sell, but they do know that <laughs> boiled egg flavored Doritos takes up this much space. And now yeah. that's one fewer spot that Funyuns can put their shit up. Uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Because before the shift to fourth edition, mm-hmm. when we're still talking about 3.5 being what was on the shelves, Dungeons and Dragons, despite, you know, all of the other games that had followed in its wake, you know, the, the world of darkness series, mm-hmm. uh, you know, traveler, all, all the, the plethora of science fiction games, all of the other fantasy games that, that came out, all of them were kind of also rans on the on the shelf. Okay. You, know, you, okay. you, you, you already had D and D taking up most of most of the shelf space, a lot of the air in the room, as it were. And I don't think I mean, I I don't know. I, I could be in I I wasn't in, you know, Wizards marketing meetings, so I mean I don't know. Right. But I don't. I don't think it was an attempt to crowd the shelf consciously. Okay. Especially after they put out the uh, open the, the OGL. Right. You know, the open gaming the OG, license. Yeah. Yeah. When they when they put out the OGL, I, I think they they really were like, no, no, seriously. I think I think what it was, and actually this just occurred to me mm-hmm. now that you've brought that up. I think what it was was they figured, okay, look, we will leave the eight ninety nine module stuff. Mm-hmm. To people who are operating under the open gaming license, 
they can do that stuff. We're going to do the prestige stuff with the fancy hardcover books, and we're going to do right. the stuff that you're paying 30 bucks for another book for. Right. And that's going to be a higher price point. That'll be, you know, higher, higher, you know, profit margin on each item. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think from a marketing standpoint, it's more of that. Um, and, and, and that I, I come to that conclusion because of the OGL and because of what I remember seeing on the shelves from the independent, you know, non, non wizards publishers doing stuff. Um, so I mean that's 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 my my sense of it mm -hmm. uh, as to why they did that. Okay. And so I mean by the time by the time the campaign that I'm talking about ended, my friend was carrying literally two backpacks full of hardbound books. Right. In order to cover all of the rules that his character and his wife's character needed in order to pull off their their trickery. And so, you know, there there are there there were by 2007 there were these really well known, well documented to to borrow a term from you know electronic gaming and, and programming. Mm -hmm. These are very well documented bugs in the system. And so, in 2007, uh, Wizards of the Coast announced that they were working on fourth edition. Mm-hmm. And um, around the same time, Wizards broke off their contract with a subcontractor. They, they had sold, essentially, or, or leased Dragon Magazine out to another to a, to a subcontractor, another publishing company called Pezo Publishing. Mm -hmm. And um, sometime in either 2005 or 2006, uh, they broke off their their deal their licensing deal with Pezo, and they said we're gonna we're gonna take Dragon Magazine digital. We're gonna we're gonna stop printing it completely. We're gonna put it online. Right. And so Pezo turned around and said, okay, well under the open gaming license, uh, we're going to put out some of those modules that you guys aren't writing. So mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna come up with our own setting, and we're gonna we're gonna do this whole series of modules built in our own world, and we're gonna call it the Pathfinder series. Yeah, I remember this one, because this is when I was going to cons. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so um, so Pezo started releasing the the Pathfinder Adventure Paths, and then in two thousand seven they got wind of what Wizards was looking at doing with a new edition of Dungeons and Dragons, and they said, you know what, um, we've gotten in the groove with what we've been doing with three point five rule set. So we're going to take this in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And um, they took 3.5 and did a couple of things to try to fix the major known bugs in the system. Mm -hmm. And um, they wound up releasing uh, Pathfinder under the open gaming license in, I want to say it was in late 2007. Um, I actually got a set of the preview rules um, for, I don't know, 20 bucks. Um, and it, 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 again, it was, it was basically 3.5 with a couple of tweaks. Uh-huh. Uh, and they introduced some new classes. They wound up having to rename a whole bunch of monsters. Mm -hmm. uh, when they, when they published new supplements, they had to 
uh, rename a bunch of stuff. Uh, they they didn't have beholders in Pathfinder mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the 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 copyright for that that concept was was not something they could they can do something with under the OGL for whatever bizarre reason. Okay. And um, so Pathfinder became the system that folks wound up sticking with when fourth edition came out. So because they, there were a whole bunch right. of people there were a whole bunch of people who had the reaction to fourth edition that your DM had to third. This right. isn't D and D And so now I now I gotta I gotta explain kind of what, what the changes were. So so mm-hmm. fourth edition the, the fact it was being worked on got announced in 2007 and wizards published uh, two preview volumes uh, over the course of 2007 races and classes and worlds and monsters. And it had a bunch of artwork mm-hmm. uh, that wound up much, much of which wound up being in the, in the player's handbook and the DMG and monster manual. Um, and it gave everybody a preview of what the thinking was about how the new game was going to work and how it was going to be different and mm-hmm. why they felt it was a, a new direction to go in, why, why they felt it was, it was the thing to do. I, I have both volumes. Um, I actually, I was cleaning off one of my bookshelves earlier today uh, and I found my copy of races and classes mm. uh, and I read it and I well, I mean, back back when it came out, mm-hmm. I, I bought it as soon as it was available because oh my god, new edition D and got to find out what they're doing. And I remember reading it, going, okay, you know what? I really like everything they're saying here. Um, one like one of the things they said was, um, you know, just like in third edition, there's no reason why a dwarf can't be a wizard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and and so. You know, they, they they basically said we're going to stick with the third edition idea that there there are no limitations on what races can be what classes. We're not going to have level limitations for different races and different stuff. And they and they introduced uh, the concepts that they were working on with the way character abilities were going to work. And it and it left me being really happy and really excited. I was really looking forward to seeing this in print and like mm-hmm. what is this like. Um, but, but there were a whole bunch of people my age and a little bit older mm-hmm. who like threw a massive rage fest. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so it, was this the system where you had, um, abilities that you could use once per day, once per session, once per round kind of thing? Yes. Okay. So. So the way it worked mm-hmm. uh, was uh, to, to we'll, we'll go into the mechanics now and then and then get into the rage fest in a minute. Yeah. The the biggest changes mechanically were were first off exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. So when you created your character at first level, um, for example, if you decided you were going to be a wizard mm-hmm. at level, uh, you got to choose two uh, at will powers. Okay, and those and those would represent spells that were essentially like cantrips. Okay, so you had you had two spells that you could use, however many times you needed to. Magic missile was one of them. 
magic missile went from being a and i'm a first level caster i have cast my magic missile and i am spent right and that ended right there and it turned into um i can cast magic missile however many times i need to like that that is my utility Mm -hmm. go to that is my cantrip that is that is that is my cantrip Mm -hmm. number one um then you had encounter spells so once per encounter as a first level wizard you could i'm trying to think what an encounter spell was at first level um or actually no i think magic missile might have been an encounter spell okay and like um uh burning hands was one of the at wills okay or vice versa sure sure and then at first level you'd have one ability that was once per day so you get this one really big spell you can use and then when you get and then when you cast that you've got to you know make camp and and rest and you get it back the following day kind of starting like, the idea of short and long rests too yes mm-hmm. yes so so number 1 you had you had at will encounter and daily powers so like one of the characters i i wound up creating the, the group that had the really long running 3-5 campaign uh, we shifted over to fourth because the original three five campaign had run its course. Uh, we wound up, you know, becoming you know huge heroes to to the people of the continent of Corvair. Um, and I wound up writing an epilogue to the whole campaign that I'm still actually kind of proud of. Um, and and so we retired those characters and we started a whole new campaign in fourth. And uh, the first DM said, I don't want to run anymore. And his brother said, that's fine. I want to. And so he took over his DM. Cool. And we, we, we moved over to fourth edition. And I uh, actually had the chance to create a spell blade. And I was so excited uh, because he, he was a fighter, a fighter wizard who was actually like a fighter wizard. Like all of his magical abilities were like, I have, I, I have the ability to do stuff in combat magically, but I still act a lot like a fighter. And it, it, it wasn't like, okay, well, you know, I can, I can shoot my bow and I can use my sword and then I can throw a fireball. Mm-hmm. No, it was the magic I do is my, my sword lights up with lambent green flame. And when it does that, I can do this kind of cool shit with it. You know? Right, right. I, I can use my magic to dimension door halfway across the battlefield. You know, I can call my sword to my hand from however far away it is. You know, I mean, it was, it was like, it, it was it was its own thing. And it was just so amazing. It was awesome. Cool. And I was just so excited by it. And um, we started playing it and there was a learning curve mm-hmm. and a bunch of people in the group got frustrated with the learning curve because uh, there were people in the group who just had not been role-playing as long, but we had some people who'd been role-playing for forever. And we had a few people who'd been basically role-playing since the beginning of our first campaign. Right. And so, you know, the, 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 there was a certain amount of frustration uh, for, for those folks that was just related to, you know, I, I learned how to do all this stuff. Now I got to learn how to do it differently again. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there was also a lot of simplification in in the way a lot of stuff in the game worked. Um, skills got changed dramatically. DCs were lowered very, very dramatically. 
um, saving throws, the, the way saving throws worked, mm-hmm. uh, got changed. Uh, in fourth edition, it wound up looking an awful lot more like what we see in fifth today. Right. Um, and it was just, it was, it was this major, it was this major, major sea change in the way of a lot of, me- in, in the way that a lot of mechanics worked. Um, and it was very intentionally a very major change. And so there were a whole bunch of people who were really angry because this was, if, if they wanted to continue with a rule set that was going to be supported, mm-hmm. if you're going to see new stuff being put out, you needed to switch over to fourth because right. third edition, you know, Wizards isn't going to be publishing any more third edition stuff anymore. It's what they call a dead so, brand. Yes, basically. Yeah. So, so a lot of people had spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. My my buddy that I mentioned before, being like near the top of that list, had spent a lot of money on third. And so now, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go buy a whole new set of rule books. I gotta go, you know. And 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 there's a learning curve, and that's frustrating. Sure. And then on top of that, there was this very intentional move to emphasize encounters that were not combat. Now, real quick, I want to just back up okay. a little bit. So your friend who spent a lot of money on the 3-5 books, I mean, again, you can see behind me in my office, there's an entire bookshelf, and it is literally double stacked of uh, Star Wars books that are now called yes. Legends. Now, yes. none of these are actually called Legends because I bought them. I mean, like the pages are yellow on the outside, like they're old, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So how to put this? Um this was created uh, or this was made by fiat uh, to be um, not canon anymore. Yes. They never stripped the knowledge from my brain. They never came to my house and burned my books. Uh, did they start a whole new series of books? Yes. And you know what? I've elected not to get into those because of people's review of the new canon. Not because I'm loyal to the old canon or anything like that, just I'm too old to like get into something that somebody has told me is flimsy at best. And I'm like, well, I've already read through some really flimsy at best books in there. I don't want to start over <laughs> and read another version of Planet of yeah. Twilight and have it suck that bad again. So it, it's what I don't get is that um, your, your friend who had all these books yeah. for 3-5, couldn't still play them it's not like like you said there was book bloat it's not like he couldn't choose you know what we're gonna do a tundra adventure so only these books count or you know what we're gonna like there's still so many ways to fuck that pig like it's it's crazy to me that you're like upset that somebody brought a llama to the orgy now nice yeah nice that's thank you for that mental (laughs) sure (laughs) Um, you know, and, and the thing is, I've, I've thought about this. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I have, I have genuinely thought about this, this, because what you're saying is a hundred percent correct. And I think what it comes down to, I, th- I think the emotional reaction, and I also want to note that, that my buddy who had spent all of this money on three, five and had still has this literal library yeah, of trove of three five research yeah. books yeah like like oh my god someday you know some some 
hobby historian is going to find his collection and be like, holy shit, we hit the mother load. We know everything we could ever hope to learn about this one system. My God, I can write my <laughs> dissertation. Like, you know, um, like seriously, it was, it was that level of, of collection he, he had still has, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is he was like, I mean, there, there was a little bit of, well, you know, I don't know about a new system, but okay. And, uh, he he is one of those personalities who who he immediately went through it, and the joke we made in the in the, in the group was, uh, "Oh, Nick is about to figure out how to break the world." Like like he sure. he was that guy. He 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 has remained that guy. <laughs> and so so he he immediately went into the fourth edition books and and like read through them with gusto and and picked picked them up as they came out because he's also a collector at heart. Uh, and, and he, he was not one of these, one of these, you know, uh, uh, revanchists. He, he was not one of these dead enders. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was maybe not an eager adopter, not an early adopter like me, but mm-hmm. he was an adopter and, and he saw it and was like, okay, well, you know, uh, if this is what everybody in the group wants to do, then okay, cool. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, for a lot of for a lot of the folks who got really angry and are still really angry, uh, earlier this week, I think I shared with you and some of our friends in a, in a, in a Facebook, uh, conversation that we're in, in, in messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I remember, I, at least I remember thinking I've got to share this with these guys. Um, but in a, in a D and D group on Facebook, uh, there was, there was a, a conversation, uh, actually, about recent developments within within D and D that was just so indicative of of the toxic levels of well, you know, this is my game and you're ruining my game kind of kind of outlook. Mm-hmm. And you know, back to your original point mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of all this. First of all, this is happening in 2007, 2008, which is. Um, you know, Barack Obama is running for president the second time. No, he's running the first time. First time. Okay, yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. Never mind. My bad. Um, no, wait. 2008, he's yeah, running no, 2008. for the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I blew the math there. 08 and then 12. Yeah. Um, so he, he's running for president the first time, and we start seeing... <sighs> We, we start seeing the beginnings of a backlash in the culture wars where, where we'd, we'd been moving forward mm-hmm. as a society, whether, whether we had, you know, politically or legislatively as a society, we've talked about this previously, you know, LGBTQ acceptance had become basically pretty mainstream. Yeah, and I'm glad that you distinguish between legislatively because yeah. oh, there's yeah. there there are people in power are re- reacting against the culture as it's marching forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much. But they're but they are reacting that way in reflection of I think something that was also going on mm-hmm. at the ground level amongst uh, people who who were starting to feel insecure 
Mm-hmm. So, so, and I'm not talking about economic insecurity. Don't at me with that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, people who culturally, are seeing, yeah, culturally feeling insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's around 2008 that I remember first seeing, um, Actually, it would have been it would have been a bit later than that because I didn't get on on Facebook until '09. Mm-hmm. But it was it was around the same time that I started getting emails and seeing stuff from members of my extended family uh, and from my dad that were that were like these dire warnings about uh, uh, oh god the word just completely went away from me. Um, uh, population population figures um, demographics demographics thank you there mm-hmm. were there were our warnings about you know worldwide demographics and you know the the population of the Islamic world is is expanding way faster than that of the Western you know democratic you know right world yeah yeah and, and you know all all of this kind of like the subtext of it being you as a white dude straight white dude really need to be worried mm-hmm and, you know, I remember kind of looking at that like, do I? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not seeing this. It felt to but, me at that time, by the way, like white dudes who were used to being in power felt that there was, okay, so in wrestling, if you hit a guy too hard, uh, you know, here we are an hour into it and I finally referenced wrestling. Uh, but if you hit a guy too hard in wrestling, you know, it's 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 uh, choreographed combat that's meant to look real. Um, but in wrestling, if you hit a guy too hard um, and it's called giving him a potato, you potatoed him. OK, okay. Um, if he takes issue with that, he hits you back just as hard, if not harder. He gives you a potato, but that's called getting a receipt. And sometimes you'll hit a guy too hard. and You're like, oh, shit, I got a receipt coming. And it might not happen during that match. It might happen. And it's just a way of kind of like keeping people from being too zealous and like, hey, yeah. work this. Okay. Don't don't shoot this, you know. Um, it felt culturally like white dudes absolutely felt like they had a receipt coming and they were trying to guard against it or trying to dictate the when and the how. Um okay. and yeah. and right. so there was this because I remember the demographic stuff. I remember a lot of that. And and it it was at a time of economic, um, the 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 supports of the Jenga tower were falling. Um, oh yeah, well, be, well it's, it's, yeah. it's the, the Great Recession. Yes, so right. I do think that you have a a layer of that as well. But also, you know, well, we kind of fucked this up culturally. We've been running willy nilly for for a very long time. Uh, you know, eight years of Bush. We've been bombing brown people as much as we want. Yeah. There's like a a fear that the receipt is coming. I I think so. you're giving the the people who were who were feeling this this insecurity. I think mm-hmm. you're giving them too much credit for awareness. Okay. I think the I think the issue was for all of our childhood. Mm-hmm. If you looked at main characters on the covers of fantasy novels. They were muscular white guys with with lissome half naked women hanging off their legs, or they were surrounded by a bunch of bestial monsters who right. you know, if you wanted to code them somehow racially, you totally could. Mm-hmm. 
and now all of a sudden in the third edition rule books they're starting to see people who don't look like them as the heroes mm-hmm. they're starting to see more and more women showing up in in the artwork and in in the rules and like the pronouns in the 3.5 rule book were explicitly and they stated at the beginning of the book i remember reading it going oh well okay that's 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 a thing mm-hmm. uh was we we're going to alternate between he and she yeah um you know and and so they saw that and it was and and that was that was something that you know got some grumbling from you know guys our age about like why come on just like you know the default in the language is he mm-hmm. why you gotta why you gotta be a social justice warrior about this stuff she just costs so much more ink he is one letter smaller that's yeah. why we do like, it it's economic like, yeah like, here you go it's economical no it's no it's not yeah. but anyway so so you know and 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 then in in the genre mm-hmm in this time, you're starting to see more representation. You're starting to see people who aren't white showing up, you know, in in roles, not not to the extent we're seeing representation now, which you know is a lot better. But still, it was it was becoming a thing. It was becoming a thing mm-hmm. that was that was consciously being done, and I think that was just by itself. Mm-hmm uncomfortable i don't necessarily want to go so far as to say threatening um but i but i think it was it was uncomfortable because the more of those kinds of faces you see in the artwork the fewer of the old kinds of faces you see in the artwork because the space in a book is limited right you know as much as we want to argue that you know giving other people more rights doesn't take away rights from you it's not pie right Space it's in a true. book is literally pie. Like yeah, yeah. Like you know, you're you're seeing a, a smaller and smaller share of that that set of imagery looking like you anymore. And that to somebody who grew up just assuming that that was what they were going to see all the time. You know, when when you grow up in a in a in an unequal situation, at the top of it, equality looks like a threat. Mm-hmm. And so so I think there's some of that, and then in fourth. There are all of these things changing, and the the way the rules worked, it wasn't as heavily focused on killing monsters and taking their stuff. Mm-hmm. The narrative was very consciously changed uh, for for non-human races and for monstrous races to not necessarily be automatically evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was some debate because uh, half orcs were not originally half orcs didn't show up in the first player's handbook for fourth edition. Hmm. Uh, fourth edition fourth edition instead of having a player's handbook fourth edition was was done in a way that okay we've got the the volume one of the player's handbook we've got volume two of the player's handbook we've got volume three and. Initially, I think the plan was they were going to have volume four, etc. Mm-hmm. So, like as they came up with new ways to drive characters, they were going to release new players' handbooks that were thematically, you know, centered around that. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, the monk as a class didn't show up in the first players' handbook because the characters in the first first uh, 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 volume of the PHB were martial heroes mm-hmm. whose powers were rooted in 
I'm I'm a fighter or I'm a warlord or I'm a rogue or divine heroes who were empowered by a deity or arcane heroes who were empowered by, you know, arcane magic. Mm-hmm. And then they had, you know, the basic races, humans, elves, half-elves, halflings, dwarves. And then in the second volume of the Player's Handbook, they mm-hmm. introduced um, uh, some some additional arcane heroes. So, mm-hmm. like, the, the Spellblade that I talked about was in the second right. uh, Player's Handbook. And uh, Primal heroes. So, Druids, mm-hmm. Barbarians, right, and, and another class called Wardens showed up in in that volume and and they also broke up this is I'm, I'm kind of getting off the track but i'll come back to what i was talking about but it's important to kind of note because mm-hmm. it's, it's a philosophical change that i thought was really kind of cool but a lot of players were really angry about was they explicitly said you know what we've we've looked at the way different classes are supposed to behave in in combat when you're fighting monsters mm-hmm. you know the wizard the wizard is the guy who stands back and throws fireballs and affects a big area right cast spells like cloud kill which keeps monsters out of a certain area or puts up walls so a wizard is a controller mm-hmm. and so a mm-hmm. controller works to you know try to try to keep people penned in but they're an arcane controller okay their power comes from magic Mm-hmm. A fighter, the the party's fighter, is a martial controller. Their job is to get up front, and they're sticky. So, mm-hmm. like, I am fighting you. If you try to get away from me, I'm going to beat you up. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you away from the squishier members of my party. Meanwhile, the rogue and the ranger are strikers. I'm going to run up and I'm going to do a shit ton of damage and then I'm going to try to get away. Okay. Right. And this makes perfect sense. So you can, and and then, and then the really, to me, brilliant thing about this idea is, well, okay. So, okay, we have a controller. What if we have a controller whose psychic, whose powers come out of, from a psychic source? Okay. And they came, and they came up in the third player's handbook. They had, they had a psychic controller. They had a psychic striker, which, by the way, was a monk. <laughs> and and they had, you know, a psychic uh, uh, oh leader. The, mm-hmm. other, the other the other character type was leader, clerics, bards, and artificers. For example, were all leaders. They're the ones who buff the party, debuff opponents, and heal. Okay. And so one of the classes I, I really liked out of 4th edition was the Warlord, mm-hmm. who was a leader, so did the job of a cleric, but did it as a martial character. Okay. So instead of being yeah. divinely powered, they were basically like a fighter who was a an officer, who was like, you, get over there. Right. And their abilities were, I get to make an attack against this enemy, mm-hmm. and in the process of making an attack against this enemy, I can also give my buddy a free five foot move for them to get into a position to hit somebody. Nice. And that, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so I philosophically, I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. These ideas are great, but very pointedly, um, a whole lot of older gamers, my age, your age and, and older than us looked at this and went, you're trying to turn D and D into world of Warcraft. 
because that's exactly how classes break down in WoW. I remember this. I remember speaking to the owner of an FLGS and friendly local gaming store, and he said, this isn't D&D, this is Warcraft, and it's because too many people are staying home playing Warcraft, and this is D&D's attempt to get them back. So it's it's selling its essence, essentially, to uh, no you know no redundancy intended there but it's selling its yeah. its essence essentially in order to get the market share back yeah yeah and you know and and i think that answer is kind of half right mm -hmm. i think they looked at the way mmos had developed and they looked at the way those mechanics worked and they said you know what how can we how can we take what they've done and use that on the tabletop mm -hmm. partly because all of those were planned from the ground up mm. AD&D was basically an organic construct like okay we need we need you know if you want to play your character who hits people over the head with a sharp object okay you got a fighter okay you're going to need a healer. So, okay, we got clerics. Okay, right. People want to play wizards. So, okay, here's wizards. You can throw fireballs. You can do crazy shit like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to, you want to be sneaky. Okay. Here's a thief. Like, you know, and, and it wound up organically developing into what MMO designers looked at and went, okay, no, we're going to take this and we're actually going to make this a design feature. Like, mm -hmm. like, we're going to have the DPS characters and we're actually going to build the DPS characters to be good at behaving this particular way in game. And then, so fourth edition is those ideas then coming back around onto the tabletop. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving the, the designers at Watsi, you know, credit at their word for kind of what they were saying at the time. Sure. I don't I don't think I, I I'm not a conspiracy theorist I don't I don't think they really had reason to lie about it mm -hmm. and so you know so so that's that's I think where those ideas were rooted and I think the comparison is important because the other thing is it wasn't to bring people back I think it was there's a new generation of people who've been introduced to the idea of getting together with a group of people and going and raiding a dungeon, they've been doing it online. Hey, right. Let's encourage them to get together in person and do it this way. Right. So it, so it wasn't that we've had a bunch of people leave and go to MMOs. It was, there's a new generation of players that we could be reaching out to. And, yeah. and one of, and one of the problems with 3.5 by the end of it, by 2007 3.5 was really, really daunting for a new player to get into. Yeah, because, I mean, you had essentially a culture of people who'd grown up with one, A1, A2, A2, 3, 3.5. So you've got a lot of gatekeepers. Oh, and, yeah. And you've got the, the intimidation factor on top of that of, like, I remember I was playing with a group. And we booted the guy after the first game because it was just obnoxious. He was trying to win at D&D. Um, and he basically, he's like, okay, well, you know, I'll play a cleric. We're like, cool, we could use a cleric. Um, and so, or no, he played a wizard, sorry. Uh, and we already had a couple, you know, I think we had a sorcerer and, and some other magic user. 
And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to make my, my familiar toad. It's like, all right, cool. You know? And, and he's like, okay. And, and, and then I'm going to stay up on And like, he just was like trying to rules lawyer his way into having made cool shit to win the next combat and on and on and on. Like, and there was like no role playing. There was no nothing. And it's like, Oh, bud, you're you're playing the wrong game. Then I'm sorry, you, you're not going to fit with us. You're but, you're with the wrong you're with the wrong group of players yeah. here. Yeah. And so it was the opposite of you know gatekeeping. In many ways, we like showed him back to the gate. But it's like <laughs> you, no, you're trying to win. You might you might enjoy another table over there somewhere. Like yeah. we're we're here to you know play and have a good time. Um, but you know three five was, I think in many ways the final edition where that was an encouraged behavior. And, you know, because when you get to four and Pathfinder, you get yeah. to them. It, it, and, and by encouraged behavior, I mean, encouraged by the, um, by the designers, by, uh, by the nature of the system. Yes. Yes. Where like they, the designers that was in the air that they breathed. Whereas when you get to four, it's how do we get people to play? Not, how do we get people to find a new strategy to win? Yes. And I, yeah. And yeah. And, and so I, I think, I think that's, that's, and, and that philosophical change, I think was, I don't want to, a lot of people reacted as though it was hurtful to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That, that that was that that was that it was changing mm-hmm. and, and i think i think a big part of it is is a demographic issue i think a lot of 30 plus year old guys um who had grown up playing first through 3.5 uh, looked at what was going on with this and felt like this is not being made for me. This is this is for people ten years younger than me. This, is, this yep. is for millennials. This is for millennials and Zoomers. Before they had I, names, because before they had yeah. names. Uh, you know this this is for this is for you know Gen Gen Y and Gen Z, mm-hmm. not me, Gen Xer or you know my older brother, late Boomer. You know, and and I think there was there for some for some of these people there are still like you 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 see and hear them talking in ways online like there was a very deep level of personal betrayal. Uh, they felt mm-hmm. with, with with this shift, and you know, I mean, some some of these people are my dear friends, and I I hesitate to to be too judgmental about it, but. You know, I mean, I've I've gotten into arguments with a couple of them where, dude, you're just wrong. Like, right. Yeah. And I and I and I know, you know, feel free. I'm I'm at eh Blaylock on Twitter. Please, please at me. Like, <laughs> I will I will happily, I I will happily wade wade into that discussion one more time. Um, because look, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to say you're wrong for preferring an edition, but I'm I am going to say you're wrong. Uh, for calling fourth edition cancer. Yeah. Like, like like somebody somebody just just this last week in a D and D group, somebody said, you know, I, I I like I like fourth edition, and and got this and this guy had this like immediate like you could see 
that just reading <laughs> that somebody said they liked it had like touched him in the bad place. Right. And this guy came back with this response that was like, oh yeah, well, you know, you're just basically saying that you like cancer and like, why do you have to be like that? Wow. Like how, how badly were you hurt by this? Yeah. Like how you much, know, how much stake can there be in yeah. a game system? Like, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I when I ran up against the limitations of fourth edition, I, I was really disappointed. And there were some things in fourth that I looked at and went like, well, you know, that's pretty clunky, and I don't know about that. But I never had. I I didn't I didn't let it be like an attack against me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, somebody else saying I prefer chocolate doesn't mean if you like vanilla, you suck. Right. You know, um, it's so funny because when people say like when they when I get responses like that of people just like, how could you like that? I'm like, I like broccoli, too. Like, that's usually my my default answer It's like, oh, people do this with music with me all the time. And I couldn't give a shit less about music like, oh, you like that stuff? I don't. And that's the end of the conversation for me. It's barely the beginning of the conversation for me that I like any music. But people are like, oh, God, I can never get into that. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I like broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. And, and, and again, I think, I think the deal is there is this mindset. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think within, within, within the milieu of, these games mm-hmm. being attached to a system for people who have spent 30 years playing a game mm-hmm. the way that game works can become something they identify with very strongly yes well and 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 i don't think it's entirely right but i think I can I can kind of understand where the the attachment and identification can lead to somebody feeling like they've been slighted when somebody suggests something needs to be changed. Yeah, I mean, I I think that there is um a similar reaction when somebody suggests universal health care. Um like um and and I'm not actually joking at this because the people who typically object to it are people who have spent a long time paying for um for the Cadillac plan as it were and the result is uh they they get mad at the idea that the rules that they have played by are no longer valid yeah I'm getting the 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 finger point uh, and I'm, the, I'm, the I'm point touching, to the I'm nose. Touching my nose and pointing yep. at him. Yeah. Um, but I think, and and literally in a game system, I have learned and internalized these rules. I have built a character or characters with whom I have a deep emotional attachment by virtue of the fact that I've played that character for quite some time and developed them for quite some time. I mean, we have friends who are authors and they get attached to their characters. And you add to that the overlay of the rules system, and then you have like I, I I get where the anger is coming from. I don't agree with it. I, I think that you know it, it's it's time to do some reflecting. 
Um, but uh, but you ultimately let's, let's have better life choices. Shall yeah, we? you know, like take, like take let's look in the mirror for just a minute. Yeah. yeah, let's let's see why we're so bothered by the fact. But it is I have learned these rules, and now you're telling me these rules don't count toward my continued success. And my rejoinder to that is always, well, you could still play this system. And that's you know, the and, kicker. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's more I want to say on that, but I know we've gone over an hour at this point. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, so. well, well over. And so I think, I think I can pick up with what I want to say in our next episode mm-hmm. and then kind of round this out by then going from, from fourth into fifth mm-hmm. and then into like the most recent developments within within fandom which i think are going to going to reflect some things back on why third into fourth was was such a big deal okay so based on all of this what are you taking away at this point in our conversation well i think uh the the comparison to universal healthcare quite honestly like you, you have like i think it all kind of culminated to that that moment of just like here are people who have played by the rules of capitalism and now they're mad that you're trying to change them. It's because they spent all that energy. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about with the um with with the the fighter uh not being able to disable a device at 12th level. Like I put all this class energy into this skill and it's still not good enough. Yeah. Because things have changed. Yeah. And yeah. and I mean I don't know. I mean, the the aesthetic of the game, the the time of the game, it is a pre-industrial. It is a clearly European, Eurocentric, um, wilderness, medieval fantasy model. What is that if not uh, the appeal to tradition in the white male uh, mentality? And so people who are attracted to this game, absolutely, I could see them being like, oh, I'm going to stick to... You know, it, it, I, I could see them being dogmatic is, is ultimately. Yes. So, yes. Okay. yeah, I, I, I yeah. So that's my takeaway so far is that um, I'm I'm unsurprised that a whole bunch of people got their feelings hurt, that the game system <laughs> changed yeah. um, to accommodate ultimately younger players who wanted to play instead of who wanted to win. And I do think we're seeing a divide there. So. Okay, I I don't I don't entirely think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think as an aggregate, I think that last part is especially on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, on an individual level, mm-hmm. you know, like like any like anything, you know, painted with a broad brush to save time. Yep. As, yep. as we we say so often, um, you know, it, it breaks down a little bit around the edges. But I, I think I think as a as a movement as a demographic issue mm-hmm. i think you're i think you're largely on the money i think i think the generalization is is largely correct yeah yeah um and i think i think there's some other there's some other things at work which i i don't want to quite give away the store on right now uh but we can we can get back to it but you've you've started to touch on them a little bit mm-hmm. but i i don't want to i don't want to give it away yet right now sure um sure. So okay. yeah, all right. So all right. So, um, any books what, you what, want to recommend? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Uh, it's okay I, if not. 
yeah, right now I don't have a whole lot going okay. on in the reading realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got three or four things that I've already recommended in the past that I'm trying to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, um, you know, I'm, I'm still working my way through the Flying Tigers, uh, the story of uh, Claire Chenault and the uh, American Volunteer Group in China, mm. uh, which just keeps getting more and more Hollywood while still remaining a history book. Like, like John, <laughs> the movie The Flying Tigers uh-huh. never did justice to the crazy shit that actually happened. <laughs> like, Nice. So yeah, that's 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 what I've got going on. What what are you reading right now? You're you're much more active as a reader recently than me. What what do you what do you got going on? Only because I insist on going outside when the sun is out to read for half an hour, or actually not even half an hour, for fifteen minutes every day, like on my lunch. Um, so even when the kids are home, I feed them and then I go outside. And yeah. so I've been reading, uh, I, I'm, I'm still plodding through the, the Star Wars books. Um, I finally finished Star by Star uh, by Troy Denning. And um, it, spoiler alert, on a 20-plus-year-old book, uh, it's the one where Anakin dies. Um, Jason is kidnapped by the Yuzhan Vong. Um, yeah. And uh, Coruscant gets taken over. Borsk Fela uh, goes out like a fucking G. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see. Uh, him, him good, doing good that. that in the end. Good that in the end he did that because he was yeah. such a goddamn prick. Right oh, he was. To that point. He like, totally was. Holy cow! Yeah. Um. All but right. and Leia gives a really good speech. Um. Uh. At the at the end about resist, and I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. Um. I bet you if I'd read it last year, I'd have been like, this is so prescient. Um. And <laughs> this year, I've been dulled into being okay with just neoliberal policies because at least they're not fascist. So I need to kind of re-examine myself a little. Uh, but um, A little bit of looking in the mirror. Li- yeah, a definitely need of, to. A little bit of thinking about life choices. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Or just, you know, uh, what I'm going to let pass and what I'm not. Okay. Uh, okay. But here's here's what I do recommend um, this week. Um, I actually have gotten the kids into playing various games, as you know. Um, yes. Uh, we played Castle Panic again last week. Um, okay. And that was a lot of fun. And I really want to play. I, I bought Julia Three Dragon Ante. Um, oh, yeah. And we all three of us had a lot of fun playing it. Um, and I've taught them through playing Uno to gang up on me. That they should always <laughs> gang up on me. That you should never ally yourself with the most powerful person to get the next person who's as powerful as you. But you should yeah, always. Yeah. So I'm hoping. Uh, through that and Castle Panic, that they recognize the utility and and help and uh, usefulness of a union. So, oh, I was going to say you were training them to be good Leninist revolutionaries, but okay. Yeah, that too. It. Why not both? So, okay. you know, yeah. Okay, steps. Yeah. Now you told people that they could find you on the Twitter. Is there anywhere else that they can find you? Uh, they can find me at the same address mm-hmm. on uh, TikTok mm-hmm. uh, and on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. Although on Instagram, actually look for me as Mr. Blaylock ah. at Mr. Blaylock, B-L-A-Y-L-O-C-K. You won't find very much there, uh, but there will be a few uh, very precious images of, uh, and by precious I mean twee, images of me and my son from a while ago. Nice. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's where I can be found. And mm-hmm. of course the two of us collectively, 
uh, if you want to yell at, at both of us over our opinions on, you know, uh, broccoli. letting go oh. <laughs> yeah, broccoli or, or, you know, letting go of your attachment to a particular edition of a game, uh, you can shout at both of us at uh, Geek History Time mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And where can they find you? Uh, Duh Harmony, two H's in the middle on the Twinsta. Um, you can also find me every Tuesday night on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns. Uh, we run a live weekly pun show, have since the pandemic started. And prior to that, it was an actual in-person one. So come check it out. I will also on March 28th be on the UK pun off uh, show, uh, which is 11 o'clock our time. It'll be 7 p.m. their time, 11 o'clock a.m. our time on the 28th. Um, just uh, go on Facebook or on Twitter, look up UK Pun Show or UK Pun Off, and you'll you'll find it. Um, and then, okay, so yeah. just, just to be sure, uh, mm-hmm. when, when you say uh, 7 p.m., you're talking about 1900 GMT. Yes. Greenwich Mean Time. Yes. Uh, and the 11 o'clock a.m. figure is for those of you on the west coast of North America. Yes, PST. Good call. Since, since, since we do have, it turns out, a global audience. Mm-hmm. Hello, New Zealand. There you um, go. Yeah. Uh, for you, I have no idea what time that's going to be. Uh, it, it won't even be on the same day. But, no. Um, you know, that's where he's going to be. Yeah. That day, that time. Okay. And on, on the following day, I'll actually be on the show called Who Wrote This Shit um, with Chelsea Bierce. Uh, and you can just type in uh, WW. T.S. or Chelsea Bierce, B-E-R-C-E. Um, she's a phenomenal comedian, and she's going to have me on that show on the 29th of March at 6 p.m. PST. Okay, so, very cool. Yeah, and uh, that's yeah, that's good enough. That's where you can find me. So, All uh, right. Yeah. Um, well, until next time, uh, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And don't go anywhere, or we will take that attack of opportunity. <laughs>